You are listening to the Campus Beat Podcast. I'm your host, Dinah Jansen. Each Wednesday at 5 p.m. on CFRC 101.9 FM in Kingston, I welcome a new guest from Queen's University to discuss news, issues, upcoming events, initiatives, and services for the benefit of Queen's students, faculty, staff, and alumni. Thanks for tuning in to this podcast, and we hope you enjoy the episode. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to Campus Beat on CFRC 101.9 FM. Thank you for tuning in. I have the great pleasure of welcoming Melinda Knox, Associate Director, Research Profile and Initiatives with University Relations, and Kayla Dediger, the Research Promotions Coordinator in the same office. Welcome to the station today. Thank you for having us. Thanks for having us, Dinah. Okay, this is a real thrill. And uh, just for our listeners out there, uh, the two women in our studio are also the folks behind the scenes who are really putting together the great programming that happens on our program, Blind Date with Knowledge, which follows bi-weekly this show. And we also podcast it too. Great job. Thank you. Thank you. It's (laughs) been a pleasure. Thank you for the plug. (laughs) (laughs) So we have a lot of ground to cover today, particularly the 2020 Art of Research Photo Contest. It's a huge thing right here on Queen's campus and uh, something that uh, folks in the community also enjoy too, because we get to benefit from seeing the brilliant research in photographic form. Um, So So before we get into a conversation about the 2020 Art of Research Photo Contest, can the two of you tell us about your roles here at Queen's University? Sure, uh, I can start. It's uh, my role as Associate Director of Research Profile and Initiatives really came to fruition about three years ago. I had been working in the Vice Principal Research Office editing the University Research Magazine eEffect as well as working with faculty on the submission of national and international award nominations and really my role really had evolved in terms of building a research communications profile for the university. A decision was made at the uh, principal, vice principal level that research communications as a whole would move into a central unit called University Relations, which oversees the central university communications, government relations, and marketing. Because the idea was that research should be part of our central channels. It should be part of our our central strategy and how we communicate the Queen's brand, how we communicate to Queen's stakeholders. So my role was created within University Relations, and I've been, as I mentioned, in it for about three years. Um, I have the benefit of working with researchers across campus, as well as a number of campus partners and stakeholders, to really hone in on what the Queen's research story is and communicate that to our target audiences, both internally and externally. Um, The role is different every day. I don't know who I'm going to be working with necessarily, and there's always new research happening across Across campus that we want to get out into the world so it's a very dynamic interesting role and um, it get it includes everything from communications to events to government relations so I really enjoy the diversity amazing Kayla and so for my role as the research promotion coordinator on Melinda's team um, Melinda was actually a bit of a mentor to me in my graduate degree here at Queens I did my master's in history um, and when an opportunity opened up to join her team I jumped at the opportunity of course and it's really been a great learning opportunity and experience it's a new portfolio as Melinda mentioned and so really there's a lot of creativity and innovation in telling the Queen's research story so in terms of my role I help execute Melinda's strategic vision um, and that is uh, everything is 
Melinda said, from events to communications, and really it's trying to leverage all of the communications opportunities that we have. So from podcasting to the radio, as we mentioned, um, in telling that Queen's story. Wonderful. So what excites you both uh, most about the work that you do? I think that um, leveraging communications for research is something that is gaining ground in Canada. We've seen it um, proliferate in the U.S. and the U.K. over the last number of decades, but really understanding the importance of moving research beyond the academy and moving research beyond peer-reviewed journals and conference presentations and really looking at um, how we communicate to our funders, what we're doing with the investments that they're making in research, but also to the taxpayer because a lot of taxes go to supporting research. So really taking research to the people who support it. And so that excites me in terms of um, I really don't know if everyone realizes what's going on behind the walls of some of these buildings at the university in terms of some of the impacts that it can have on everyday life from human health to how we work in our roles at Queen's to how we are innovating in terms of um, um, promoting research that has an impact against climate change. And uh, I guess what it really excites me about research communications is that there's a building awareness of its importance, um, that people are interested in the stories. Um, we, we, we interview different stakeholders from different groups, from government, from alumni to our own faculty. They're really interested in knowing what's happening at the university and, and at universities across Canada. So there's just a, such a potential of untapped stories that we have to tell. And I would echo what Melinda has said exactly, and I would just add the point that there's research in so many hidden places that the public just sometimes is unaware of how research impacts their daily life um, and what they're interested in. And so I think what we um, can be excited about with research communications is trying to find innovative and creative ways to remind the public that research is a part of their daily lives um, and to also have them feel that their investment is returned because it really is an investment in the public um, mm -hmm. in the research that happens at this university, at any university. Um, and it's important that we are part of that process in, in, in mobilizing and translating that knowledge back to them. I'm guessing too that you have daily interactions with in, uh, various researchers across campus and even off campus too, but particularly on campus. Uh, and you must also be able to discover new things every day yourself. Once you learn about somebody's research project or their discoveries, you're also discovering it too. So you get to learn something new pretty much every day. We do, and it's really, it's sometimes hard because it's everybody has a story to tell. So our part of our role is to figure out the best way to tell that particular story. And whether it's working with us or working with our faculty partners or even working with the faculty to set up their own communications channels, that's, that's part of it. I think um, another important piece is that we're realizing how important communication of research is becoming for faculty members. Um, and graduate students because funding agencies, um, award nomination committees, advisory councils, they're starting to look at how researchers are taking their research beyond the academy as part of a measure of research excellence. So we're, we're kind of here to help figure out how researchers can leverage these opportunities to do just that. And I like how you talked a little bit about uh, telling the story of research. And I think that is one of the functions of the art of research photo contests that we're going to talk about today too and, and I'd love to hear more about this. So can you tell us about the 2020 Art of Research Photo Contest and what inspired it? 
So um, I'll just jump in because I've been here since the, the very beginning, I would say. Um, so the 2020 contest is actually the fifth contest that we've run. Um, it started well, um, I was in the VP research office and in terms of the inspiration, we, we were looking at what other universities across Canada and across the world even were doing to both leverage uh, the research that was happening on campus in terms of where you know we need, we need great photos to accompany our stories, but also how to get the community involved in telling the research story in a different way. So we started pretty grassroots. It was a fairly, um, a, I would say not a small contest, but it was it was really um, not as well known as it is now, but it's grown throughout the years and it's been great to see how the university community has really embraced the contest as not only a photo contest, but a major initiative that the university really gets behind and supports. And it's been a wonderful community building tool for us. So what goals then did the contest developers have in mind? Well, I think it was, again, building engagement uh, with our researchers. Uh, having our researchers think about their research in a different way. So, you know, a lot of people work in laboratories or they're working in archives every day and, you know, they're seeing the research and they're they're in it, but we don't see it. And so how can you visualize that research in a compelling way? Accompanying all the images is a, a caption or um, a story behind. So really framing that story so it was compelling. Uh, we were looking for compelling imagery of our own research. Um, like I don't want to say what other universities do, but a lot of other universities do use stock imagery. So um, we wanted a genuine, authentic imagery of Queen's research that we could leverage across our collateral. Mm -hmm. um, I mentioned community building, but it was also um, a really great for us to kind of have a bird's eye view on what was happening across campus. So we were getting submissions from faculty and students at that time, and we've since expanded the contest to include staff and alumni. But it was great to really get an idea of what was kind of coming out of the woodwork that we didn't necessarily know about. Okay. So how about telling us uh, about some of the submissions from earlier years? So in the earlier years, we received probably 50 to 60 submissions a year. Um, and I think that uh, it was always a very hard decision for the committee to kind of select, like, are you really looking at the quality of the image? Are you looking at how interesting the research is or how compelling the caption is? And we've since evolved our contest categories to account for all of these. What I found really interesting was the diversity of research that was submitted. So, you know, we anticipated that we'd see a lot from art history or art conservation. We we got a lot from the sciences. We got a lot from people in the creative arts. Um, and, and we really had every single faculty represented, which was really exciting for us because there's some, you know, research. How do you capture research in law? How do you capture research in business? So the creativity has been astounding. I also think that one of the, the pieces that we really try to stress is that you don't have to be a professional photographer. Some of the images that we've received and actually a number of our winners have been taken on an iPhone. Um, so it, uh, it really is for all skill levels. It's really how you can creatively capture your research, both in the image that you take, but in how you submit the story around it as well. Mm -hmm. Do you have any past favorites, Kayla? Oh, it's so hard to pick. Um, <laughs> Indeed. We, we have these beautiful posters, actually, that are in our office in Fleming, fourth floor, um, and they represent the winners of, of the particular years. Um, and I think they're just the most beautiful posters in the world. <laughs> but maybe I'm just a little bit biased. Um, but I'd say, like, the ones that really um, stand out are the ones where you would think um, of research sort of 
in untraditional or sort of non-traditional spaces almost if that makes sense ones where um, I can always think of Tim Fort for example um, he's a, a double winner of our art of research contest and he looks at the research uh, behind lighting when it comes to stage productions and when you're sitting in an audience and you're enjoying a, a production sometimes you, you you experience the lighting but you never really think of the, the research that might be behind bringing that particular framing or way of lighting to a to a scene mm -hmm. and so when he presents um, when he submits his submissions it's always so breathtaking to see what he does and then he's why he's a double winner really um, is because it makes you stop to think about how the lighting has so drastically altered the presentation of that of that work um, and why it's so vital to that, that piece and why he's a winner okay do you have a particular favorite uh, I you know I'm always surprised by how beautiful some of the microscopic images can be mm -hmm. um, we have one that um, we're leveraging quite a bit for the promotion this year that is actually a benign prostate uh, sorry it's a prostate tumor it's is a it? prostate gland gland yeah. sorry um in the shape of a heart oh, so oh, it's the pink quite heart. beautiful the pink yes. heart um but i have to say one of my favorite and most provocative images that has actually won the contest was one submitted by dr norman verano who is um he's actually the department head of art history and art conservation right now and he does a lot of work with um populations in the the arctic so the the inuit and he does a lot of work with with bringing back art pieces to these communities, but he captured this fascinating image when he was um, when he was doing research there of a, a Catholic cross with a crow on it, um, and it was just a, you know kind of like a moment in time that the crow had landed on this this ginormous cross that was outside of a church and the story behind the image was the most interesting because in um, we when we tend to think of crows we think of you know not a, we don't necessarily uh, we don't necessarily associate them with something positive, like something like daunting or doomed. But in Anuktitut, a crow actually symbolizes hope. So it actually completely changed the meaning of the image. And mm -hmm. so that was really powerful and striking and quite provocative. So it was an interesting choice on behalf of the committee. But we really thought, well, this actually kind of embodies what research is supposed to be. It's supposed to be about dialogue. It's supposed to be provoking and questioning what we know. So that's really one that I think um, really captured the essence of what we're trying to do. Amazing. So tell us a little bit about the categories uh, that you have uh, for sub uh, people that want to submit. What categories will they submit photos under? Sure. So for this year, for the fifth anniversary, uh, we have six category prizes. And so we have titles around them, but we sort of have very broad definitions, if you will, on how to submit. Because when you submit a photo, you have to select which category you'd like to submit to. Mm -hmm. uh, so the first is community collaborations. That's really in, is does your research work with any communities um, outside of Queens, with Queens, um, in bringing that research to light? Um, invisible discoveries. So that can be everything from a microscope to could be a beautiful shot um, about research related in a, in a mountain space or something like that. Um, out in the field, so that could be in an archive, that could be out surveying a, a dig, for example. Art in action, so that could be something where the research is in motion, or it could be reinterpreting research to have a more art artistic or aesthetic kind of veil to it. Best description, so how does that research best convey or mobilize or translate that knowledge? Mm. Um, and people's choice, so we, give, we send it back to the, to the people and we give them an opportunity to vote on about six to eight. The ones that the, the committee really couldn't decide on, uh, we send it back to the people and they're always really enthusiastic to respond to that as well. 
And then in terms of our fifth anniversary prizes, we've partnered with a few partners around campus. So Partnerships and Innovation, they've sponsored the Innovation, Knowledge, Mobilization, and Entrepreneurship Prize. Uh, SGS, so School of Graduate Studies, has sponsored the Graduate Studies Prize. And the Faculty of Health Sciences has sponsored the Health Sciences Prize. Fantastic. This is all very exciting. So now with, uh, with the prizes, what do people actually win? They will win $500. Whoa, <laughs> that will contribute to a few research projects. You know, you, yeah. <laughs> and at the same time, the prestige. The prestige, yeah. And I think that, that might be the thing that people are most proud of mm -hmm. is they get to, and I mean, we see it too, is we get to see their photos on campus, outside of campus. We take them with us to events in Ottawa and Toronto. We use them in our social media. You know, we have our, our faculties and our partners. They leverage the images as well because the whole point is it's authentic. It's real Queen's research. And I think that there's a lot of pride behind, you know, seeing your image on a building skin or on a pole pennant. And so these are the ways that you're helping to use yeah. these images to promote the research yes. and um, ultimately use those photos to further communicating research and, yes. the, and the amazing research that we, happens here. It's amazing. We leverage those photos in almost everything that we do. And we, as, as much as possible, we try to tell the stories behind them when mm -hmm. we do. Um, Our research website, if I can mm -hmm. give it another plug, so www.queensu.ca slash research um, is the uh, sort of our crowning glory to find all these images and, the, and again, telling the authentic Queen's story using these images because our researchers are here and they're doing fabulous things and this is how they can demonstrate it. All right. And now maybe a few deeper questions here. How do you think that photography itself is a medium that captures and conveys various fields of research? Why photography? So I think um, we've we've had a lot of discussions about how to best tell the research story sometimes. Sometimes it's video, sometimes it's illustration, but photography brings that level of authenticity, that level of realness to mm -hmm. the research sometimes. Mm -hmm. um, and it also helps sort of re um, sort of reorient or give a new perspective to research sometimes because uh, for example, at the other end of a microscope, you know, really only that one particular researcher gets to see it. But by taking an image of that, we can demonstrate how really fascinating and in real life this this research can can look. Um, whereas an illustration, you know, can sometimes um, not maybe convey that reality. Mm -hmm. Whereas a photo um, can help really tell the research story across any field. It doesn't have to be the STEM or just the humanities. It's really across the board. Okay, so following up and maybe digging a little deeper. Uh, what does photography then suggest about the creativity of research regardless of field? Sometimes when we think of creativity in arts, we think about the humanities, mm -hmm. for example, or, you know, fine art. But the, the stems, for example, there's obvious creativity there too. But how is, yeah, photography, how is this connected? I think that we're really encouraging people to expand their imagination and because what we're trying to do with this contest is show that there is creativity and beauty in all types of research. So it's kind of seeing the unseen um, and that's like it doesn't have to be aesthetically beautiful. It needs to be interesting. It has to tell a story and it has to be relevant to the work that someone's doing. So I think that what photography 
does is allows people to kind of capture that moment of time in their research process and research trajectory. And mm-hmm. they might not necessarily think it's it's beautiful, but we like it's all art is in the eye of the beholder. Mm-hmm. So it's how different people interpret it, how different people understand it. So it really provides kind of a nice medium. The other piece is that we often you know have captions with the photos, but oftentimes we're just we're, we're not able to do that. So you're just seeing the image, and so people are interpreting the image in different ways, and it's accessible to to most people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And now we've touched on uh, through our conversation how researchers can use photography to communicate or celebrate or even tell the story of their research, but why should they do so? I think it goes back to that idea of research communications and mobilizing knowledge to the public. I think that um, I I know I've seen a couple of studies and articles in um, journals such as Science um, that talk about the power of images and how it helps to convey research to people who wouldn't pick up a a journal or people who wouldn't necessarily be at an academic conference to it draws people in in a different way. Mm -hmm. Um, It's not to say that video and podcasting and other things aren't as effective, but it's just this has been the medium that we found most useful for uh, in terms of building our community but also we've been able to leverage it in a really unique way and you've probably got more to add to that. Kayla? Yeah um, so I would say the exactly what Melinda has said that sometimes um, certain mediums require certain forms of communication mm-hmm. and really when we can give someone a long read on the research website we can do that when we when someone wants to listen to a podcast at the gym we can provide that too but sometimes it's it's getting that that like thumb pause on your feed you know what I mean it's like what is that striking image what is that oh my gosh that's that's Queen's research that's a that's a gland that's a cell that's a that's a statue like, what, you know, it's making people stop for just that one second because mm-hmm. there's just so much noise sometimes right and it's helping people to kind of um, place research in their lives a little bit. I think, too, one thing I would say is that it's also fairly accessible. Most people have phones. Most people, uh, I would say most people's cameras on their phones are actually better than uh, some of the cameras, professional cameras out there. So you don't require video equipment. You don't require podcasting equipment. So it should be fairly um, accessible for most people that are interested in participating. That's another reason why we've leveraged it. So I can see that you're both incredibly animated. One about, you know, research communications and all the amazing stuff that happens right here on Queen's University campus. What's exciting you most about the 2020 Art of Research Photo Contest? I think it's our fifth year, as we've mentioned. And I think it's just to kind of look back and think that we've had five years of incredible photo submissions is a real, um, something to be really proud about. Not just at, you know, in Melinda's, and I'm not just in our team or just in university relations or the vice principal research office, but to across the board, our students, faculty, alumni, staff, because they can all submit. And they're all real winners. They're fairly well represented all across um, the years in terms of winners. And I think that's just a real, real proud to think that we have um, real competition in terms of the contest too. Um, with the new research website, we've been able to add um, some of the best submissions as well from past years who aren't winners. And you can just, it's it was actually even hard to just 
pick those as well. Like it's, we, they're such stunning images. Um, and it's not solely the winners that we promote, but it's a, it's across the board. And I think that's what really excites me is that it's, it's a real competition. <laughs> Amazing. Okay. So let's get into a few of the logistical questions too, for some of our listeners in the Queens community that may be very inspired right now to <laughs> submit. Um, who is eligible to submit a photo and, oh, and how did they do so? So faculty, staff, students, and alumni are all eligible to submit. The one caveat we have is that the research must be conducted, the research must be done by a Queen's affiliate and and done while the person was affiliated with Queen's. So if it's an alumni submission, then that research has to have been done while they were completing their degree or um, Mm -hmm. that sort of thing. Um, And we would say that that's really in terms of the rules about eligibility. You have to be the person who took the photo. Oh, That's yeah. the other piece I would say, because sometimes we've got um, uh, like a professional photographer or a friend is taking a picture of um, another person's research, but it really gets a little bit complicated for us in terms of permissions and copyright and all of that. So mm-hmm. that's the other caveat, I would say. Yeah. Okay. All right. And how do they submit? So they can submit, they can go to www.queensu.ca slash research. And we have a lovely bar at the very top, Art of Research, and where they can uh, be directed to the submission for the submission form, uh, the instructions, uh, some of the rules, and um, past winners and past great submissions. Wonderful. And now, once once the submissions are submitted, what is the deadline? March twelfth. March twelfth, a uh, time of day, five o'clock. March twelfth. We're always checking. Our <laughs> Midnight, I'd say. Yeah. So once all the submissions have been collected, how are they adjudicated? So we pull together across uh, Queen's U committee. So we'll have representatives from the different faculties, uh, different levels of um, faculty, students, senior administrators, uh, also representation from um, the equity and human rights officer. And we'll also make sure that we have a number of professional photographers on the committee. Mm -hmm. So it's a really diverse group. Um, We tend to recruit new people every year. So they're coming in with fresh perspectives and different eyes because we do encourage those who have not um, been successful in past conversations, we do encourage resubmissions. So you're having a fresh new committee look at all the images each year. And I think what's interesting about the committee too is that not everyone is a researcher or is a research communicator on that committee as well. So it's how can we have someone who has sort of fresh eyes to this research also see what we're seeing in terms of that story um, and make sure that, you know, those descriptions and and that imagery captures what the research is. Okay. And now where can people find more information and even see examples of past submissions? So again, I'm going to plug our website. So that's www.queensu.ca slash research. And we have a dedicated Art of Research gallery page under our Featured Stories tab, um, where they can see all sorts of past submissions, as well as information about um, the photographers, the captions, the year of the submission, what faculty and department they're affiliated with as well, which is always really interesting to see where these images come from. It's really a across the board at Queen's. Um, and you'll be able to see on the website how we how we leverage and incorporate those, those images everywhere. And then you'll see um, some exciting things on campus soon in okay. terms of promoting those images as well. And you also mentioned earlier that uh, there are $500 prizes mm-hmm. to the winners in each of the six categories. And as well, the three anniversary prizes. Amazing. So nine opportunities. There are nine <laughs> opportunities to win. And can you remind us again about the ways that the university does leverage these photos so that way uh, some of the folks that are thinking about submitting know hey this is what's going to happen and how I can still continue to communicate my research. 
So we, uh, once the adjudication committee meets, meets and we decide on winners, there will be a promotion across the university's main platforms like the Gazette and the main social platforms. Um, we use them in essentially all research collateral. So in our brochures that we produce for government, in our um, banner ups that we do for events, I think the primary um, most visual tool that we've created is a pop-up art of research exhibit. So that is an exhibit that features past winners from the last four years and we'll be adding year five to that exhibit and we have that exhibit at events across campus and we also take it with us when we travel to external events so it's been to Ottawa it's been to Montreal banners have been to Toronto um, and we often invite the, um, the the individuals who have submitted those photos to be present at these events so they can actually speak to their photos um, one highlight that I'd like to to showcase is uh, we held a shark funding announcement last January with minister, the former Minister of Science Christy Duncan and as part of that announcement we had her tour the exhibit and speak to all the uh, individuals that submitted photos so that was a nice highlight um, as Kayla mentioned um, we will be taking over University Avenue in a couple of weeks with uh, a new uh, campaign that we're doing around research which uh, features the photos quite prominently so it's quite exciting it changes year by year but all I can say is that what we do do is make sure that not only do our central channels have access to the photos we work with the faculties in the department the departments to make sure that they've got access to the photos so that we're leveraging them as telling the stories of Queens. All right. Well, Campus Beat might be hot on the beat to see what's going on <laughs> on University <laughs> Avenue, so stay tuned, listeners. Uh, anything else you would like to add about research communications or the contest? I encourage people to take a chance and submit like it's it's always surprising um the adjudication is always quite um dynamic as i would say because different people to see different things in photos you don't have to be a professional photographer we just want you to be able to tell the story of your research and i'd say watch our watch this space if you will um with with the contest it's always important that we kind of keep up with how people are telling stories and i think year six and and forward we'll be really thinking about how we can innovate the contest as well and, and incorporate other forms of multimedia presentation in leveraging that story so Fantastic. Stay tuned. <laughs> <laughs> Stay tuned indeed. Well, thank you very much. Uh, we've been talking to Melinda Knox, the Associate Director, Research Profile and Initiatives, and Kayla Dettinger, Research Promotions Coordinator for University Relations here at Queen's University. I really appreciate your time. Thank you for coming on Campus Beat. Thank you for having us. Having us. Thank you for listening to this podcast produced at CFRC 101.9 FM in Kingston, Ontario at Queen's University, situated on the traditional territory of the Anishinaabe and Haudenosaunee peoples. The CFRC Podcast Network at podcast.cfrc.ca is brought to you by the generous support of the Queen's University Faculty of Engineering and Applied Sciences. Music